This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Vancouver Consumer. In just a few moments, we'll introduce you to Daniel Fontaine, CEO of the BC Care Providers Association, who will talk about the work his group does in our province to care for over 25,000 seniors every year. It's a huge challenge, and we look forward to Daniel's chat and to your calls, too. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Facebook has discovered a security issue affecting 50 million user accounts. The company said yesterday attackers stole Facebook access tokens through its View As feature, which they could then use to take over people's accounts. View As is a feature that allows users to see what their own profile looks like to someone else. So since we've only just started our investigation, we have yet to determine whether those accounts were misused or any information access, says Facebook uh, yesterday. Uh, Their shares dropped 3% yesterday afternoon. And so far, we're hearing about millions of users being asked to change their passwords. Lots more to come on this story. We checked in with Mike Agarbo of Get Connected this morning. And Mike says, if you have been included in this Facebook hack, you will be notified directly by Facebook. However... In the view of 50 million people, uh, changing passwords is never a bad idea either. We've been following the EpiPen shortage all summer on this program, and now there's another problem. Health Canada warned yesterday that some EpiPen and EpiPen Junior auto-injector devices may not easily slide out of their carrier tube, a problem that could delay or prevent emergency treatment, possibly leading to patient disability or death. The advisory comes after Pfizer Canada notified Health Canada that in a small number of devices, EpiPen labeled have been improperly applied, causing auto-injectors to become stuck to the inside of their carrier tube and making it difficult or impossible for them to be administered. Now, here's the important part. Products affected have expiry dates between April 2018 and October 2019. Health Canada says Pfizer is not recalling the auto-injectors, quote, as the risk can be mitigated easily by pharmacists and patients by checking devices before an emergency situation arises to make sure they slide easily out of their carrier tube, close quote. According to the advisory, Pfizer is not aware of any reports of product malfunctions related to this issue in Canada. A new study in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology confirms that eating fish regularly helps prevent heart disease. Now, we've known for some time that omega-3 fatty acids found in fish are very beneficial to our hearts and bodies, and this study zooms in on something called peripheral artery disease, or PAD, which can begin in the legs and lead to a stroke or heart attack. The researchers studied over 3,000 people and found that those with the highest levels of omega-3 were almost 30% less likely to develop peripheral artery disease than others. The Heart Association recommends at least two servings of fish, especially non-fried fatty fish, per week. They also agree with this new study that eating fish, again, especially fatty fish, is an important part of a healthy eating plan. 
Well, it's getting pretty crazy in downtown Vancouver, just a few short blocks away from where we are at Pacific Centre, as three major cruise lines are scheduled to dock at Canada Place in the next 24 hours. The most notable of these will be the Norwegian Bliss, which is making its first and only visit this season. This brand new ship, part of the fleet of Norwegian cruise lines, is over a thousand feet long, has 20 passenger decks, and a capacity for 4,000 passengers. 2100 crew. It is the ninth largest cruise ship in the world and the largest ever to visit BC. It's coming in this afternoon and it can't leave again until another low tide 24 hours from its arrival. It's the only way this ship is going to fit under the Lionsgate Bridge. Also docking in town, a couple from Holland, America. The first in will be the Westerdam and the Nordam arrives tomorrow. In total, this weekend, over 8,000 people will be checking into our city. Remember that if you plan to head downtown and actually expect to find parking, you may not. This could be a great SkyTrain day. Those are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. We'll look at some more later in the hour and in our next hour as well. Stay with us because Daniel Fontaine is all set to join us in a few moments to talk about seniors care in BC and what his organization, the BC Care Providers, do across our province. And we'll welcome your calls too. Stay tuned. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Welcome back to the program. I'm Sterling Fox, and it is a pleasure to welcome Daniel Fontaine, CEO of the BC Care Providers Association to Vancouver Consumer. Hello, Daniel. Hello. Good afternoon. It's good to have you with us. Daniel was just uh, listening to the opening part there and, and was wondering, and now knows why he took SkyTrain downtown this afternoon, because, oh my gosh, is it ever busy in downtown Vancouver. It is absolutely crowded, so I would highly recommend, I agree, uh, take SkyTrain, take the transit, do not take your car. Yeah, tell us a little bit about BC Care Providers, Daniel. Who are you and how long have you been around? Sure. Well, we actually just last year celebrated our 40th anniversary, so we're now 41 years old, so still relatively young. Uh, we uh, are a voluntary association, so we our members consist of long-term care homes, uh, home care providers, people who provide assisted living, and we also have about 180 members who provide services and, and products and other things for the folks who are working within the care sector. So a little over 300 members across the province form the BC Care Providers Association. Okay, now I mentioned at the outset uh, talking about providing care and services to at least 25,000 British Columbians on an Mm -hmm. annual basis, both in care communities Mm -hmm. and in people's homes. Is that a lowball estimate on my part? No, that's actually very accurate. So there are, uh, yeah, between 20 and 30,000, 25 to 30,000 people that are in care that uh, are within our membership. So when I say long-term care, that would be what people would traditionally call a nursing home, or okay. we don't use that term anymore, but right. people might know it as a, as a nursing home. That's 24-7 care, where usually mom or dad or grandma or grandpa are no longer able to, to take care of themselves. Um, the vast majority of people now that are in care homes um, have one, uh, some form of dementia or Alzheimer's. We also have what's called home care, and that is where the care is brought to your home, and that could be an apartment or a single family home or condo. So the care is usually not 24-7. It's more uh, a kind of light care where it might be get some assistance in 
with medication or maybe some housekeeping, that type of stuff. So we have members that do that as well. Assisted living, that's the third category. And that's where maybe you can't stay at home anymore in your single family home, but you don't need long-term care. There is a place where you can go where it's kind of in between. So you can still have your own like apartment, but you'll have all the care services on site that you need for your level of uh, kind of acuity. So in terms of the association, though, you the only group that you haven't mentioned so far, Daniel, uh, are what we would call retirement communities, where people uh, don't require uh, any degree of care, basically, but choose to live in a senior's environment mm-hmm. in which meals and all sorts of lovely amenities are provided. That's not in your purview, then? At the current time, it's not. So our association is looking at this fall expanding into independent living. So then we would cover the full gamut, right, from independent living straight through to long-term care, which actually makes a lot of sense because even in independent living, a lot of people do receive care in an independent living setting. Yes, they, they get do. home care brought to them and that kind of stuff. Yep. So it's something our association's looking at this fall. We have our annual general meeting and we'll be discussing and debating that with our membership. And I'm hoping that we'll expand into the uh, independent living side as well. Okay. So now who are your members? You mentioned hundreds of... There uh, are hundreds of them. Uh, people will recognize there's some larger uh, Morgan. So we have uh, a mix of both what we call private, for-profit, and private uh, nonprofit. We do not represent any of the government-owned care homes or any of the government-owned operations. It's all the non-government operations. Okay. So larger uh, companies would be like Rivera or Chartwell, or you mm-hmm. might hear of uh, Pacific Reach or Retirement Concepts. Those are the larger chains, and they would be across Canada or at least in multiple provinces. Right. But we also represent very small single sites. Um, uh, for example, uh, like Elam Village in Surrey. We might have uh, a larger campus in Abbotsford, like Menno Place. Um, we have a full gamut of, of care homes. In context of the home care, we have some larger ones as well. We represent over 50% of the payroll of all the home care providers in the province are our members. Oh, inter- okay. Yeah, right. so... You'd have, uh, uh, you know, Bayshore, Home Health. Uh, you might have St. Elizabeth mm-hmm. Care. So again, for-profit, non-profit, they're all within our, our membership uh, base right now. Interesting stuff. So now, the, the, uh, in order to become a member, mm-hmm. de- depending, I suppose, on what, what type of service you provide, because I, I'm assuming there are several categories of membership, yes. how does one or, or an organization join? Yeah, so to, to join as a uh, member of the association, it's, it's fairly straightforward. You'd make an application. So there's two two main categories. One is what we call the service provider. So those are the people who actually work with seniors directly. So they're providing the care. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other category. It's called a commercial member. So you might be uh, supplying a service or a product to somebody within the sector themselves. So to a care home. So you might be um, selling uh, cleaning supplies or beds or uh, ceiling lifts or those types of things. They're members of our association okay, as well, right, sure. and they sell to the you know to the to the care homes. If you're a service provider and you're providing care directly to a senior, you make an application. You you have to um, uh, agree to abide by our code of ethics. So we have beyond all the regulatory stuff that we have to do because of the government funding that uh, many of our care homes receive. Right. In addition to that, our members um, agree to an additional layer of um, of uh, a consumer protection, and that is a code of ethics. And everyone has to sign on and, and adhere to that. So the application goes through our membership committee, it's reviewed, it's vetted, and then at that point, once it's been approved, you are officially a member of the association. And the same would apply for a commercial member as well. Okay, and if you happen to uh, have a community, a, an actual bricks and mortar type facility in which people live and are provided the service, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that is also a separate category as well, right? Yes, so we, we do, yeah. So we have 
have um, we have multiple categories of membership. So all we do is we encourage people to go to the website sure. to take a look at the website, and we will guide them through that process and help them determine which membership um, that they'd like to have. We we do have an increasing like when I started with the organization about six years ago. Now uh, we had probably in the neighborhood of about 150, 160 members. We've now I think gone over 300 members. So um, as has the population been growing around seniors and the number of people who require care, so too is our association. Sure. We're in a real big growth mode, so we're um, we're expanding our services as well. Doesn't uh, surprise me at all that you're in a growth mode. After all, this is where a lot of people from other parts of Canada, particularly the prairies, mm-hmm. come to retire. You know, they, they live over in Parksville and Qualicum and uh, all over Metro Vancouver. This is as good as it gets in the middle of winter in Canada. Oh, yeah. Not not very great the last couple of years, but on average, it's as good as it gets. And a lot of people have just, you know, they've, they've done their time in snow up to their eyeballs and they want to live somewhere where it's green all year. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and all that growth and all that expansion, it ha- has produced some complexities for us as well, which we're talking a lot about at the BC Care Providers. And that's actually finding staff, actually finding enough people. So you have problems too. Absolutely Interesting stuff because there are so many sectors now that with construction being one of them, uh, even the tech sector where so many people are training and working so hard to to join in, they're still experiencing shortages. So the care providing uh, industry is also experiencing staff shortages. Oh, absolutely. We have written multiple reports on this. We have uh, been working with the minister, uh, Minister Adrian Dix, our health minister and other uh, folks within the provincial government to begin starting to address this because we're getting near, the report we released was called The Perfect Storm and we really are very much, if not already, in a crisis mode in terms of parts of our province where you indicated uh, people retire the island and Mm -hmm. the Okanagan and those places, beautiful, lovely spots people want to retire to. But the uh, flip side of that is that we've got to now find enough people to actually care for people as they're aging. Sure. And having to develop a strategy that you can actually go out there and attract people to the sector when we are competing with construction and competing with high tech and film and as you know if you look around you you hear about stories all the time around those sectors that are trying to attract people there's a lot of attention but less so in seniors care we don't hear that as much about the fact that there's all these jobs that are out there that need to be filled right and and you know it it, it would also seem then if you're a little thinly stretched uh, this is a care organization. Care providers can't be thinly stretched. Now, any nurse in British Columbia will tell you, oh, yes, they can. Mm. And I'm sure hundreds of your people would say exactly the same thing. But you ideally don't want that happening, do we, you? We don't. And thankfully, the, the provincial government did make a recent investment to um, increase the total number of dollars invested in publicly funded care homes. So even though they're private, uh, privately run, our members receive public funding to actually provide that service on behalf of the government. Okay, And so in those cases, the government said, you know, we're going to increase the funding so that you can increase the level of staffing, which is wonderful. We mm-hmm. absolutely uh, supported that wholeheartedly. But the, um, the, the the follow-through from that is then having to find the staff to sure. actually work. And when they are stretched, the research will show you when they are stretched, when they are running from uh, uh, senior to senior, oftentimes they get injured. Mm-hmm. because they're doing things inappropriately, they're pulling, they're lifting and in ways that they maybe don't use the ceiling lift that when they should be. So it exacerbates the problem because people get injured and then when they're injured, they're off the job. Uh, even and fewer people to provide care. Absolutely. Yeah. So then we so we set up an organization called Safe Care BC. Our sector um, about four years ago set it up and that is specifically targeted at making sure that people understand that when you get injured on the job, uh, it means that it's going to hurt seniors care and hurt you personally as an employee 
employee. So we've set that up. And thankfully, that the numbers are, are starting to look really good in terms of us starting to now implement training and education programs and watching that level of injury rate come down, which is fabulous. So it's a part of the solution, but much bigger issue around just the fact that Everyone's aging, including the people who are providing care. Well, you're on Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. You've got a good chance to spread the word here this afternoon. Is this, could this be considered a career path, especially for younger people considering all the possibilities? Absolutely. So uh, what I tell people, I, and I do speak out to, to uh, you know, various groups and, and around the country, actually, because I'm also the chair of the uh, Canadian Association for Long-Term Care. So I, I have a national hat on as well. And what I say is that it is absolutely a career path. So if you want to come in and you you want to be a licensed practical nurse or a registered nurse, or you want to work in healthcare, becoming a care aide is an absolutely fantastic way for you to start. And you can actually get in with about a seven-month course. Okay. And that surprises people. They think they have to take a two- or three-year program. You don't. It's a seven-month course. You can come in, and the wages are very competitive. You get full benefits, all that kind of thing. So that's really good. But I also tell people, and I try to really want to emphasize this, that there are a lot of people who are care aides their whole life. Their, their career is a care aide. Sure. And, and I want to tell people, you know what? It's fine. If you want to stay as a care aide and you want to do that for 10 or 20 years, we should support you and we should be encouraging you to be a care aide. But if you want to move up to be an LPN or you want to be a registered nurse, whatever, it is a fantastic career path for you. I wanted to ask you about staffing in another sense, because a lot of these retirement communities are staffed largely by people with a very heavy hotel background. Is that the case in, in care communities as well? It, it's changing. So we have mainly what I would call, um, like the, the, the main categories are licensed practical nurses, care aides, RNs, uh, occupational therapists, those types of jobs. Mm-hmm. That's mainly who we hire. But, you know, as we age and as we get the baby boomers moving into the seniors care system, they're expecting a lot more than they perhaps their parents or their grandparents expected. So things like making sure that the culinary options are there, mm-hmm. different types of food, recreation, really changing. So we are looking at um, being able to ensure that there are staff on site. And we're also creating what we're now, um, we see a few of them emerging, but they're called care hubs. And they're actually um, almost like a care campus where you're getting a whole bunch of different services offered on one site. And you'll get with that uh, pubs that are located there, restaurants, um, more commercial spacing. There's one in Manitoba, which is amazing. It's got a pub and a restaurant, everything there, childcare, daycare. It's a whole mini little city within a care, a seniors care campus. And that's the wave of the future, and that's where I think we're going to be going. Okay, so for those who might be contemplating a career or certainly looking for a good job, a good, steady, secure, well-paying job with a future, you might want to check out this website, friends. It's called bccare.ca. Pretty easy, bccare.ca. All sorts of information there, including join either the association or one of the providing staffs. Yeah, and I should, what I didn't mention is the low rates of automation on the jobs too, which is something unique to uh, healthcare that you don't see in other occupations. And boy, are we ever reading a lot about being uh, replaced by robots these days. So that's not going to happen a lot in this industry. Hands on, the BC Care Providers Association. Its CEO is Daniel Fontaine. He's with us today on Vancouver Consumer. Let's open up our phone lines. We're going to take a quick break for the news. 604-280-9898. If you want to jump in on the conversation, 604-280-9898. We're back after the news. 
Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this cloudy Saturday afternoon. Rain on the way, already a few sprinkles around town. Mucho rain by tonight and through tomorrow as well. Daniel Fontaine is with me in studio. Mr. Fontaine is the CEO of the BC Care Providers Association. And we've uh, done a pretty good job of exploring who you are, Daniel, and who your members are. And uh, examining, uh, to my surprise, uh, the reality of staffing restrictions and, and shortages as is being experienced numerous sectors in BC these days, workers are hard to find. So let's move past that and let's talk about something you referenced a few minutes ago. You were talking about the t- that when, when a person's, uh, in, when you're aging, uh, you, you, your, your, your requirements and your needs change. So I, I'm thinking now of a commercial that I see on United States television a lot featuring Joan London, uh, the uh, wonderful Good Morning America woman from years ago. She advertises a place uh, called a place for mom, and and she says it's where you uh, can learn about how to care for your parents when they're no longer capable of completely caring for themselves. <clears throat> now that's an American ad on American television. Do we have a similar thing in Canada where people can at least get started on learning all about the whole care panoply out there? Well, th- there isn't a lot across Canada. So it is, first of all, it's a real patchwork across the country. So there isn't a, one, a place for mom across Canada that people can call. Um, un- uh, with a place for mom, it actually is an American company, as you indicated. And and a lot of actually people in British Columbia do use a place for mom. So oh, really? you, you may be calling and I'm not sure where their call center is. It could be in Tennessee or Texas. I have no idea. But right. you're calling in there and they're giving you advice on uh, which care home in East Vancouver to go to. So Seriously. It's, it's, yeah. So BC people use a care oh, yeah. a place for mom. They absolutely do. Isn't that interesting? They absolutely do. I just dismissed it out of hand because it's an American company. They wouldn't know about us. No. Not the case. Not the case. No, they've actually done their research and they've looked around to see which independent living sites are around and and do make referrals. So in response to that somewhat, um, the BC Care Providers, we launched something called mycarefinder.ca. Okay. We launched it a couple of years ago. It's just on, on a website. It's kind of what I call in a beta version right now, but you can go onto that site and a lot of people were phoning us as an organization saying, I'm looking for a place for mom or dad. Sure. I need to know information. Where do I go? So we set up the mycarefinder.ca and now you can go on there and you could look right in your own neighborhood, right down to your street if there's any services there right. using Google Maps. So you can actually click on click on the button uh, on the Google Map. It'll pull up a little bit of information about the care home or the independent living site or whatever we've got on there. And then you can contact them directly. So it's pretty rudimentary right now in terms of what we've got on site, but a lot of people use it every day because there's no other place to, to get that okay, information. Okay, I've, I've just pulled it up here. MyCareFinder.ca, your resource to locate seniors' care in British Columbia. Yeah, it's, it's made in BC. It's a very unique uh, program. And what I'm excited about is that um, our board of directors at BC Care Providers just recently approved some additional funding. So now what we're going to do with this basic model is actually bring it to the level of where, we, where it should be. So you're going to be able to, probably within the next few months, be able to log in and kind of like Travelocity or Expedia, you're going to be able to log in and put in some filters of what you're looking for and some information okay, for your sure. mom or dad. Yeah. And then it's going to pop up like Travelocity, a, a number of, of locations, and it will actually indicate for you if there are uh, rooms available in those places. So you don't have to necessarily even make a call. 
you can actually go, oh, there's three or four here with vacancies. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I like them because they have this and that. And some of them speak um, Farsi or they speak Tagalog or there's like, you'll have all the languages listed, et cetera, there. And then um, if you need it, we will have like a 1-800 number. So you can actually call local. Uh, we're going to start it on a part-time basis. So maybe about four hours a day, you can call in leave a message and we'll call you back. So we're going to test that with the public. Okay. See how well that's received. And if it works well, uh, then we may expand it and make it into a much uh, larger kind of uh, entity in the, the years uh, moving forward. Uh, you know, I, I, I did a thing with uh, the people who do those reverse mortgages on the on the morning show last weekend. And, and they talked about how, how their surveys indicate wherever possible, people prefer to remain in their own homes. Or maybe they don't stay in the big old house where all the kids were. Maybe they downsize to a condo, a little more manageable turf, but they like to stay in their own digs, if at all possible. Uh, and and a lot of people found that then when they, they didn't do that approach and they moved, they uh, uh, this leads me to your uh, my care finder point here about your neighborhood, because a lot of people were quite disappointed when they opted to go into a care community and there weren't any close by so they ended up being either on the other side of town or in some in some other town and i think that in many cases or as many cases as possible and i'm calling on your experience here uh, most people you would think would want to stick around pretty close to where they always have been oh absolutely and you see that problem uh, kind of manifest itself i i would say probably the, the the most acute is in vancouver proper itself if you look at the west side of vancouver you look how it's aging mm-hmm. and you look how the demographics of people aging and then you look at the amount of care that's available even if it's assisted living or long-term care it is incredible how little there is on the west side of vancouver and people are aging and when they're getting older they want to stay in dunbar or kitsilano those areas it's just not available they just don't have enough space so they are moving out oftentimes to langley or to mission or maple ridge where maybe the land is cheaper and the care homes are being built Mm -hmm. with more capacity Uh, but we need to do a better job of making sure that if people are living in Dunbar or Kitsilano, that if they want to be able to stay there, we need to build that. It's called aging in place. Yes. It's a whole strategy of right, aging yeah. in place. And uh, we're not there yet. We still have a long way to go as uh, an urban area to making sure that people don't have to leave. The, the reason they don't want to leave is their friends are there, well, sure. their families there, the church their is there. church is there, sure. their shops are there. It's very disruptive to have to move into a brand new community and not know uh, anyone and start over again at perhaps 80 years old or 81. So we're hoping that... Uh, um, urban centers like Vancouver and Surrey and New West and others really think about that when they're looking at developments moving forward. Now, is your organization in contact with planners and city councils around the Metro Vancouver area, encouraging them to to uh, be aware of this this ongoing need? Again, we get 30,000 people moving to this city every year, and not all of them are going to enter the workforce, as we've talked about already. A lot of them have moved here to retire. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge for an organization that like ours that has a provincial mandate um, to be able to go down into the municipal level. But we have gone to councils and we have made presentations. In fact, we did one in Vancouver to help support a project on Southwest Marine Drive in Vancouver, which eventually got approved one of our members, uh, the care group. And it's so important that we have that voice and we, where we can and have the capacity to do it, to speak out. We do research papers. We do a lot of work on our, on our website. You can download that information. But thankfully, I think most city councils are now becoming enlightened to it. But you know, 
we have still, even to this day, um, care homes that are being proposed and going through the zoning process, etc. Mm-hmm. And you'll have a parade of 10 or 20 or 30 local residents come in and say, I'm opposed to that because a care home is going to bring rats or it's going to bring shading into our neighborhood or it's too tall. Oh, those it's rowdy, raucous seniors, terrible, those 80-year-old oh, renegades. The parties and everything. I mean, you know, it's incredible. So the traffic, all the stuff. And and I try to remind people that most of the, the average age of a person in a care home today is about 87 years old. And you know something else that I've learned over the years talking with people like you is that people who move to care communities, who opt for that, in many cases find that after being there for not too long, they go, you know, I could have done this five, ten years ago. This is really kind of fun. And five or ten years ago, it would have been even more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. And I, I can tell you, what, what's interesting for me to watch is when I see a development coming into an urban area and you, you will add, like I say, assisted living or long-term care and it gets opposed. And then it's in the community, it's built, it's approved, and then gets built. Interestingly, the people who are then moving into this afterwards were often the people that perhaps didn't like it so much before, but now it's a great community. They, they can live um, in their community. They don't have to leave. Um, so, But we know we have to do a better job of educating and making sure people understand that uh, if you're going to age in place and you don't want to have to leave uh, your neighborhood, you're going to have to ensure that the care is in the neighborhood of where you live. Where now, you live. A lot of your uh, work is done by members of the BC Care Providers Association who go to private homes and provide care in place in, in residences and so on. I would imagine, because we hear stories about loneliness Mm -hmm. and uh, eating issues and so on, that a part of the job description for many of these care providers is kind of monitoring these realities in these people's lives Mm -hmm. and and being responsible to family members to go, you know, you could drop by for a visit a little more often. That's not going to kill anybody. Yeah, social isolation does kill people, actually. It does, you're right. Research will show. I was talking about the kids. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, social isolation, there was a research study that indicated that being isolated, uh, regardless of where you are, but in particular for seniors, uh, being isolated is equivalent uh, uh, in terms of a negative health impact to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Mm. Down. 15 cigarettes a day. So when you're by yourself, you're not getting that human interaction. Um, it, you may as well light up a pack every day because that's the impact to you. So it's absolutely critical that we reduce social isolation. And oftentimes in home care settings, unfortunately, the visits are 15 minutes. The care uh, provider comes in, they're rushed. They barely have time to take off their shoes and take off their coat. They have to do a myriad of, of things with medication management and assisting and trying to assess, as you said, sure. what the situation is of the senior. And then they're off to their next mm-hmm. um, senior. So we've been advocating to extend that period. So the minimum time goes up to 30 minutes as opposed to 15. Sure. And then we believe that maybe that's not perfect, but at least it would help in being able to reduce a little bit more of that, that social isolation in the community. The talk, the conversation, I'm again calling on your experience, Daniel, uh, the, it's to initiate the the children of senior parents uh, and grandparents who are clearly in obviously there are life changes going on here that are kind of dramatic in some cases and you know you kind of get stubborn and stuck in your ways you're not particularly keen on change and then these upstart kids of yours want to move you somewhere and that's not on Mm -hmm. and so but you have to have that conversation and sometimes it's awfully difficult even to initiate Daniel yeah well it's absolutely hard to initiate and um, it's it can be a challenge if you wait too long 
long. So oftentimes I see it because I work in the sector, people who waited too long. So they stayed in a single family home and then they ended up tripping, breaking a hip yeah. or something. Yeah. And then a dramatic incident occurs and they go right from a single family home into long-term care. And there's been no kind of transition between that. So it's absolutely critical for your listeners, uh, if they haven't done this with mom or dad yet, to do something called an advanced care plan. So they actually, while your mom or dad are still able to have that discussion with you, Mm -hmm. I know it's difficult, but sit down and talk about what type of care do they want? Uh, Do they want to go into long-term care? If they do have Alzheimer's or dementia, you know, speak about that um, early on. There are great booklets, government resources that you can use both on the Ministry of Health website and the BC Care Provider website that you can have that discussion. And if you have that advanced care plan, I can tell you it will make an absolute 100% difference in your um, experience at end of life with mom or dad. It, it will it will absolutely change it. I can remember having that conversation with my mom, who's now 96 and in care. Um, and, and I felt like I was about six years old. I sat on the edge of my chair, squirming like a schoolboy. It was awkward as all get out. But my gosh, I'm glad I had it. Because at least, uh, and, and by the time I get my courage up to have the conversation, turns out, Ah, she's already there. She's got the lawyer, the financial advisor, the power of attorney, all of that stuff organized. I didn't know that. And, and, and in a lot of cases, they don't share that sort of information. I was going to say you're very fortunate because um, I wouldn't say that your, your mom's in the majority. So a lot of people just, they don't want to think about end of life. They don't want to think about dying. We don't wake you're up right. every morning thinking about dying. That's just a natural part of being a human being. But everyone's going to die. We're all going to die at some point. So if we don't plan for it, like we do plan a vacation or we plan to purchase a house or a car, we put a lot of planning into that stuff. Yeah. We don't plan for end of life. And I think that, um, you know, I've had the opportunity, like I said, in the last six years as the CEO of the organization to see so many families go through issues when there wasn't that proper advanced planning. And it's so simple to do. It's not like you have to create something yourself. The resources are all there. Sure. But when you do it, the transition for your mom or dad or your grandparent from their single family home or condo into care is so much better. And when they can't communicate for themselves, which oftentimes they can't when they have advanced dementia, the the amount of guilt and the amount of, um, like you said, sitting on the edge of seat, feeling bad, doing these types of things, that can be really diminished if you've done a little bit of advanced planning. Well, exactly. And, you know, talk about the peace of mind factor for everybody around that table Mm -hmm. once something is done and everyone understands, okay, here's how it's going to go. Yeah, and then there's you can relax, you can take a few breaths and get on with it. Exactly, and not feel again. The guilt is a big part of uh, when you know someone has to go into care. The the kids often feel extremely guilty because they felt like they should have maybe been doing more for mom or dad. But if you have that advanced care plan, it's all there. It's signed off. Um, that will go away, and you, like you said, you can just enjoy your time with your uh, your mom or dad. Okay, lots of uh, help from the people at the BC Care Providers Association. MyCareFinder.ca is the new website. It's still a kind of a test website, but it's a terrific little resource for you, mycarefinder.ca. And of course, their website is a bccare.ca. Daniel Fontaine is the CEO of the BC Care Providers. A pleasure to meet you. Well, thanks Thanks so for coming in. I'm glad you braved the traffic in downtown <laughs> Vancouver and made it to the show today. Well, now I have to head back out. <laughs> All right, Daniel, thanks for coming thanks in. Thanks so much. And we're back after this. 
And once again, our thanks to Daniel Fontaine, CEO of the BC Care Providers Association, for a very informative visit. Coming up in our next hour, the world-class dentists from BC Perio return from their extended summer break with updates from the fast-moving field of dentistry, and they will take your calls. It's time now for Dooley Noted, and this time around, our producer Ben Dooley has a word of warning if you've booked a holiday lately. Thanks, Sterling. A warning for anyone who booked holidays with Richmond-based travel agency Cinerama. Consumer Protection BC has suspended its license. Here's Tatiana Chabot-Smith, a Consumer Protection BC spokesperson. That's really concerning to us because essentially when a business shows signs of not being able to have enough money to operate, that puts people's future travel plans at risk. The consumer watchdog fears thousands of customers could be affected by the suspension. We're concerned that it could be around 4,000 people or more. So that's a lot of people who may have booked between around September through until next year. Cinerama Travel offers inexpensive trips to China and has offices in the United States, Europe, and Canada. Cinerama Vancouver, based in Richmond, is now temporarily out of business as of August 8th. Customers are being urged to confirm if their travel plans are actually booked and paid. To find out what options exist for those impacted, Consumer Protection BC recommends going through credit card or travel insurance providers. Global News tried to reach Cinerama but did not receive a response. Calls to the Richmond office were eventually disconnected. I'm Ben Dooley and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before the news, and the BlackBerry revival continues. BlackBerry reported profits and sale numbers yesterday that were way ahead of predictions, boosting its stock another 15%. The company now generates more than 90% of its total revenue from software and services, and 81% of those sales are recurring. In other words, BlackBerry is no longer subject to the fickle tastes of consumers and has hitched its wagon to corporate customers. CEO John Chen speaking on Friday said the company's biggest successes this quarter were in the connected and autonomous car market with revenue growth of about 30%. So what's next? Well, Chen says he's hopeful that BlackBerry's new Spark security program, which is kind of like instant messaging on steroids, can make a bigger presence in the healthcare market. Spark integrates video chat, texts, and other forms of media. Still, Chen has cleaned up BlackBerry's balance sheet. The company now has $2.5 billion in cash and just $740 million in long-term debt. So rumors about BlackBerry going out of business are no longer running rampant the way they were before John Chen joined the company. Slowly but surely, Google is expanding its travel offerings that now range from hotel and booking f- slight, uh, flight booking services rather to trip planning tools. And yesterday, it launched yet another set of new travel features focusing on travel planning and hotel bookings. Maybe the most interesting new tool, especially if you're planning to travel over the holidays, is a new landing page that shows you when to best book your flights ahead of American Thanksgiving, the December holidays, and New Year's based on 2017 price changes. If you plan 
plan to fly on one of the 25 supported routes, then uh, it could definitely save you a few dollars. The same page will also show you hotel deals, which many people probably didn't know about, and Google's new hotel location score can help you find the neighborhood that's best for you. And it'll also tell you how to get to and from the airport, which is a smart addition. And watch for Google Trips coming next month. Those are some more of the week's top consumer stories. We'll obviously have some more coming up next hour. Vancouver Consumers produced by Ben Dooley with Alan Regan this week and Andrew Ferreira is at the controls. We value your feedback and if you have any thoughts or suggestions for our show, please send them along to sterling at cknw.com or tweet us at vanconsumer. We'll pause now for the news and return with the dentist from BC Perio. This is Vancouver Consumer, and you're listening to CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.